<laughs> Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the third season of Parent Talk, everything parenting and more. We are broadcasting out of the greater Vancouver area. I'm your host, Genevieve Carl, mom of two. I'm also the host of Les Parents Parle, which is Parent Talk's French edition. I'm with my co-host, Heather Fox. Hi, Heather. Hello, everyone. Yes, Heather Fox here, co-host of Parent Talk. I am also a mom of two. And today, we wanted to tell you about the fun that we can still have connecting with the Vancouver Aquarium virtually. So there are three ways that we can engage while we aren't able to visit in person. The first is Online Oceans, which is an educational resource for kids. You could also check in with the animals live and see what they're all up to. There's little cute otters swimming around and stuff. <laughs> and of course, there is Riding the Wave with Music and Mindfulness, where you can check out their 30-minute jellyfish meditation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Actually, I've been watching the meditation and me and my kids are logging into the jellyfish live cam. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not, right? And, exactly. and I love the educational content that they have to offer. Why mm. not right now? I know a lot of parents right now are looking for educational things to do, so that's a really yeah. good one. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Awesome. So... Today, we are talking about what our kids really needs from us right now. <laughs> and we have with us Dr. Deborah McNamara. Dr. Deborah McNamara is on faculty at Newfeld Institute and director at Kids Best Bet, author of the book Rest, Play, Grow and the Sorry Plane. So welcome back, Deborah. It's so nice to have you with us today. Thanks so much for having me, ladies. It's wonderful to be here. It's uh, we're doing this um, at distance today, right? Because we're respecting the social distance. So you're in your home, and we are in. A, I'm in my home, and Heather is in her home. So it's yep. a bit different than last time we saw you, Deborah. Yes, it is. It is. To dive in into today's topic during the current situation with COVID nineteen pandemic, how might parenting look different right now? Well, parents are probably seeing a lot more of their children um, uh, than they have uh, before. Unless, of course, you were a parent that uh, was taking care of your children uh, 24-7 and sort of a stay-at-home parent. Um, but I think what has happened is that instead of our regular routine, uh, we are now faced with the direct care of whoever is in our home and finding ourselves with each other uh, for more hours of the day than we probably have ever been uh, before. So there's been a lot of change, unprecedented change, where we are closer together and farther apart from the people and uh, routines that we once had. Mm -hmm. So what are the different levels of stress that accompany this pandemic? Well, I think that, you know, the, the challenge of the pandemic is that it's introduced uh, unprecedented uh, separation. So we could look at separation on many different levels. Obviously, uh, the physical aspects and the health aspects and worried about getting sick and uh, people around us getting sick or uh, being, uh, you know, exposed to the virus. Uh, there's separation from our structure and routine, our jobs that we had, uh, schools that our children attended to, the friends that they had there, the teachers that they had there, uh, the things that they were attached to there, whether it's their uh 
you know, uh, school plays that they were doing or their music concerts. Uh, we are creatures of attachment. And so wherever you look in our life, uh, this pandemic has brought about a reduction and a separation from these things that are important to us, being able to visit uh, grandma and grandpa, being able to go and visit uh, your aunt and uncle, to go to the park, uh, to be free to, to wander outside, uh, to go shopping uh, without having to worry about exposure. So uh, there's separation everywhere we look, and this is the big problem. Uh, and uh, for parents, there's additional separation on top of that with worried about financial concerns, uh, worried about the health of people uh, that they uh, they care about and are elderly. Um, and of course, taking care of your children through this and uh, trying to be you know responsible as a parent in uh, making sure that we, we carry our children through the storm. So the pandemic represents separation and separation that we can't control. We can't uh, do, uh, you know, a lot about some of those things. Um, and so we have to focus on what it is that we can control and uh, and to focus on relationship where we can. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have any uh, tip for us, but what is the best way to explain the situation to your kids without creating more fear? Mm-hmm. I think we have to take a, a developmental lens through this, right? So a preschooler understands very little. And, and I've actually found working with uh, my families is that preschoolers, they're quite happy to have their parents there. It has often for many of these preschoolers has meant less separation into daycare um, uh, situations. And so they're quite happy to have their parents around uh, and brothers and sisters and dogs or whatever it is that they've got in their house. They're, uh, they're okay with that. And as long as uh, their adults are okay and don't seem to be too uh, stressed or unavailable, uh, they're going to be probably just fine. And as long as they're playing. Uh, so, you know, they might be wondering why structure and schedules have changed. And so just simply telling them, you know, we're just, uh, we have to do this uh, because there's a, a, you know, a sickness there and we're just uh, staying in our homes until the sickness goes and uh, it comes and uh, people get better, but we need to let our doctors have that our nurses have time to, to make people better. So this is what we have to do. And it's a very matter of fact, very simple, concrete explanation in a non-alarming way. Just think of it like uh, you were on a plane and a flight attendant is saying to you, in the unlikely event that we have to have an emergency landing, uh, if that's the kind of tone that you want to take with your kids, especially younger ones. Now, teenagers and kids are a little bit older. They obviously understand a little bit more and they have more exposure to content. They're probably going to have some questions. Uh, and I think it's important to be factual uh, and to answer their questions and obviously to do this in a non-alarming way and to explain to them that it's a, you know, a sickness that needs to move through the population. And we're just trying to do it at a pace that uh, makes sense for everybody to get care. Uh, but, you know, our bodies know what to do. We have a good working um, uh, system, immune system, and, and that will take care of the virus, but we need to, uh, you know, do it at a pace that everybody can get better. And so I would just keep it sort of, you know, in that kind of tone, in that kind of light. The, the reality is, and I, and I don't see a lot of people actually talking about this, is that a lot of us are actually going to get sick with COVID. And our children are going to watch this. Some of them may get sick as well, hopefully not. Mm -hmm. But we have to be prepared for the reality that we'll get sick. Now, if we haven't led uh, through this and, and sort of inoculated them a little bit and, and 
uh, prepared and, and paved the way that this is what is going to happen. It's an illness and our body can take care of it. And this is what we need to do. Then our children can be very heightened with alarm uh, if and when we do get sick. And so I think it's important that we be thoughtful about how we talk about it. Uh, too much honesty is not helpful. Too much exposure to uh, what is happening in the world around us. It's too much. It's too overwhelming. And so we have to shield our children from a lot of that content. I think we need to shield ourselves because it is too much. Uh, and we need to lead through it and to provide in very concrete ways a way to explain uh, what is happening without provoking too much um, too much alarm around it. Uh, and, and to always put faith that the adults around us can take care of us, the nurses and the doctors and uh, mommies and daddies will take care of you. And, um, and, and to go in that direction. I mean, if, you know, the hard thing is, is if we do have to say goodbye to somebody, uh, that we'll have to lead our children in that direction as well. Uh, but I wouldn't go there until that's something that you do have to do. Mm -hmm, absolutely. What do we do if our child is, is alarmed? Let's say there was some talk with some friends or someone said something or they heard something over the television and then they're alarmed. Yeah. If they're really alarmed, they're likely not going to tell you about it because the alarm system, if it's really, really alarming, the, the alarm system has a way of kind of shutting that down. Um, and so you might just see it move into more play or more agitation or more restlessness or more frustration. Usually when children get really stirred up and the emotions go over the top, like it's just way too much separation, um, then children actually, it, it moves into behavior, problem behavior. If your child is able to talk to you about it and ask questions, and that didn't make me feel well, and I didn't like that, and that was scary, mommy, then I would actually say that that's a better situation in the sense that the separation didn't go over the top. Your child still can find some words for it, uh, can still have a sense of what it is that uh, stirred them up, and they're able to express that to you, and you can walk them through it with very concrete um, ways of making sense of it. So, uh, you know, if your child can talk about it, I think that's probably really good. And if they talk to you about it, that's, that's wonderful. It's more of a problem when it goes into their behavior and they get really stirred up and you just see that restless kind of energy or difficult to, to get to sleep. And, uh, you know, they're just stirred up and, and, uh, having a harder time. That's when you have to probably play out more of their emotions, uh, in order to bring them to some rest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, bringing them to some rest, it's so important, right? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So how do we handle our own feelings of fear and anxiety best so not to worry our kids? Oh, well, isn't that the million dollar <laughs> question, eh? This is, this, is, uh, this is hard. I mean, the, the bottom line is, is that we're going to be full of emotion. Um, and you might actually even find that you're not even full of emotion uh, in a strange way. Uh, you know, for the, it's still probably true, I would say for me to some degree, that I find it hard to find my tears and my sadness uh, sometimes about all of this. It just seems like we're in a coping mode. Okay, well, we'll have to deal with that. And that's too bad. And oh my gosh, and that happened. Okay, how do we find our way through this? And there'll be times when, um, you know, a story or music or something creeps in and I find I'm, I'm sad and I'm teary. Um, the reality is, is that when you're in the middle of a storm, uh, your emotions can oftentimes go missing um, or be underneath the surface so that you can think or at least try to find your way through that storm. See, emotions can get in the way with that. 
And so the brain has a way of pressing down on those emotions. So you might find, uh, you know, I think I should be crying, but I'm not. Uh, you might find that alarm comes up. I Maybe I should be more afraid than I'm not. I mean, how do you explain people going into um, not having social distance, people who ignore the, these kind of directions, uh, who don't seem uh, to have the same kind of care? Are they not alarmed? Uh, you might actually argue the case that they are very alarmed and that the brain has shut down the alarm. And so they're just uh, unafraid. So we have to be thoughtful, you know, it would be very reasonable to be feeling alarm, but I'm not so sure that we all are feeling it. And I'm not so sure we're all feeling our sadness about everything. Why? Because it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. If you are feeling alarm, um, then uh, good for you in the sense that your, uh, your brain is able to let some of these feelings come to the surface. I think it's the same things that we would tell our kids, you know, there are adults that are taking care of it. We're going to find our way through. Uh, we have to go slowly and uh, we're going to be okay. Um, you know, we've got to look long-term here and what we can do is control today. And, you know, and, and to, to try to find your way to make sense of it, like today in a very small package. Um, and the other thing, of course, that's very helpful is play. Play allows for an incredible discharge of emotion. And you could even try to do some alarm-based play, meaning that uh, play that would uh, evoke the alarm system. So like hide and seek, um, chasing, uh, some wrestling, um, uh, you know, uh, anything that involves, uh, so, you know, like cops and robbers or, uh, some element of suspense in it, um, any kind of alarming, uh, sort of games or anything that you might play like war, where you've got the suspense, anything that you can put a bit of an edge to it. You might actually find that that helps to discharge, uh, your own emotional system and helps to discharge, uh, your, your children's like it, I can't believe some of my uh, friends have sent me pictures of their families playing pandemic or watching uh, contagion uh, the show on Netflix. Or I had uh, my husband told me that um, the most popular song uh, right when everything hit was um, uh, REMs. It's the end of the world as we know it such dark humor. And, and <laughs> this is all alarm based play. And so this discharges the alarm system. It provides a safety valve. It provides a vent through which our emotions can come out where we don't have to look at them directly. We don't have to say, I'm sad, I'm scared, I'm worried. Out comes the vent, uh, you know, the emotional vent that play provides. We can sing uh, this out. We can dance it out. We can write it out. We can play it out. Look at how many expressions of play have appeared all over social media as we are. People think, oh, where people are bored, so they're just doing this. No, no, this is because play is the ultimate safety valve for uh, the expression of emotion. And so I would say if you have that kind of level of alarm, then you've got to give it to play. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And I find uh, if we talk about uh, reinforcing our attachment with our child, right now it's an awesome mm -hmm. time to pause, stop, maybe mm -hmm. looking at our schedule because we have to actually be creative right now with what's happening, right? So, and we have mm -hmm. a lot of people are working from home with their children and you still want to, I personally still want to keep my attachment with my child. So I had to stop and... Uh, 
create and do things differently, do some rotation with my husband every two hours we switch because when I'm with my child, I like to be present, not half on my computer or half on my phone and half with my child because the behavior starts showing up, I find, when I'm half present. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you have other tips than what I'm giving right now, uh, Deborah, for our listeners about that. Well, I mean, that's that's ideal in many ways is what you're describing is, you know, having another partner available, you can switch off, you get a routine in place. You've also got younger children. So of course, their need for contact and closeness is going to be quite high. So young children are going to need uh, an adult figure to orient around. They don't do well on their own for very long, for very uh, long. Um, and so, of course, if you had middle-aged kids, you could probably have a little bit more of a stretch. And, you know, I've got teenagers, and so they're they're working online and are pretty independent that way. Uh, but uh, certainly connecting, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner uh, is important uh, in terms of that schedule and, and keeping, uh, you know, together. Now we get lunches together. I think the challenge is, is that we know that the principles of staying at home with our kids a structure, you know, routine, uh, getting um, our time together around uh, meals and uh, you're providing some sort of shape of the day, uh, you know, being able to play with them or, or getting them to play on their own. These are all the ideals. And I think a lot of us know um, what we want to do this way. The challenge is going to be the stress and the pressures that parents have on their shoulders. Some parents are single parents. Some parents are, are, you know, face food insecurity now. Um, they have financial problems. They're trying to figure out uh, what benefits they even get uh, from the government and filling out forms and trying to get, you know, deal with rent. Um, their whole world has shifted upside down. Uh, some people have jobs. Some people don't have jobs. Uh, some people have more financial resources to weather this than other people. Some people have, um, you know, separated households where the child uh, children are going back and forth. So it's not the same picture for everybody. And yes, the idea uh, the idea would be that we could take the time to focus on relationship with our children. I think the challenge, of course is that emotionally we're also trying to survive here and to take care of our kids and we may be faced with additional burdens in that way uh, so yes the focus is on relationship uh, the answer to rest is in our relationship and really at the end of the day probably the thing that we can control the most is actually our relationship with our kids in the home where we're all together uh, but there are, is the weight of the world on some parents shoulders uh, and I'm very thoughtful of those parents uh, now as we hit this, uh, you know, this pandemic. And, and maybe that's part of what we also need to do as parents is to reach out and support the parents that are around us that need the help. Uh, you know, is it uh, the toy drives that uh, my kids school put together, you know, to give uh, toys and supplies to, to families who didn't have any? Is it the food drives or what is it that we do to support our families in need right now? Um, uh, so that they can take the time that they need to to focus on relationship with their kids, knowing that there are extra burdens on their shoulders now. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love the idea of the food drive and the toy drive. I'll remember that. If, uh, I'll be checking out in my area. If there's yeah, a... the other thing I was thinking too is, is that we've got to have, I don't know if anyone's doing this, but for children who don't have access to devices, which so they can't access school, um, there have got to be, um, you know, in every 
a home that has devices, you know, extra ones or old ones or something that could be potentially uh, used for this purpose. And, and, you know, just thinking about how we can help support our families, recognizing that we don't all have the same Mm -hmm. um, level of security. No, no, I totally get that. Yeah, I, something has to be said about that, definitely. Mm-hmm. And um, what is the most effective way to support our kids during this difficult time as parents? Yeah, I think no matter what level of security you have in your home or the challenges faced, what will be true for every single child in terms of what they need are, are two things. They need their relationships with their adults They need their uh, adults to say, uh, you know, to, uh, follow me. Uh, I will, uh, I will take care of you. You don't have to have all the answers to when does COVID end? What is COVID? How does this happen? Will I get it? All these questions, we don't have the answers to. Uh, we're not going to for a while, and uh, not till this is over will we ever be able even to to find our story for it because we're still in the middle of the story. And so what we can do and what we should do for our children is to convey we are their answer. Follow me. I'll take care of you. That hasn't changed. Uh, I'm still here. Uh, you're just going to, you know, get a little sick of me because you're going to get more of me. Well, you know, maybe more mummy's a good thing. I tend to think so. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and just step up and, and, and try to find and be the answer this way. Uh, knowing that what your children need is already inside of you to give. There isn't anything more here. There was no pandemic response manual that we were supposed to get as a parent. You already have this inside of you. It's about showing up for your kid telling them I'm here. If they're having a hard time sleeping, yeah, you can sleep in my bed. Or maybe I'll sleep with you in your bed tonight. Yeah, sometimes we got big feelings at bedtime. Uh, you know, tomorrow's a new day. And it's just leading them through the storm, just leading them moment by moment, day by day. Don't forget that when they are with you, they do not feel lost as long as you do not convey that you are lost and not knowing what to do. You don't have to share what you hide your needs you hide your needs you hide the things that they're not meant to see uh, if you have older children just convey confidence we'll find a way through you know we are uh, we are built to adapt and to be flexible and there's lots of people figuring this out so you just convey that sense of confidence that they can lean on you and you will take care of them and you will lead the second thing that we need to do is we need to lead them to their play In the middle of the storm, we need our islands of rest. We need an oasis in the storm. We need a place to settle. We need a place to come to rest. We need a place where we don't feel the intensity of what is around us, where our alarm dissipates. Uh, and play is that place. It's a bubble that carries us through the hardship. And so if you can find a place for laughter, if you can find a place for some kind of play in your life, it might be hard to find it with the weight of the world on your shoulders, but just look to what comes naturally to you. Is it singing? Uh, Is it dancing? Is it cooking? Is it whatever it is that speaks to you? Movement, bike rides, just try to follow that thread of play and to make time for it because in play your children uh, don't feel the weight of the the world around them they don't see you as alarmed they see you smiling Uh, they see you enjoying their company so it reduces the emotional intensity it provides a bit of an oasis for rest and it actually builds your relationship so So play is actually going to be critical here to our emotional survival. And that piece, I'm not sure people get. I think we know that relationships are important. We need to take care of our kids. But I don't know if we understand the power of play in a time of crisis. No, I think it's so important, actually. 
So important. Even for herself. Mm-hmm. I've been doing a lot of arts with my kids. And I got to say, if I feel on the edge, get the paint out. Art therapy right now is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Weeding therapy. I go into my garden and thank goodness it's this time of year and there's lots of weeds. and Oh, it's wonderful for frustration. <laughs> It's amazing. I get to, yeah, you have to rip everything out of there. (laughs) It's dirty. It's so wonderful. Yeah. (laughs) Deborah, any word of wisdom? Any words of wisdom? Well, that's, Mm -hmm. uh, wow. You know, I was, uh, I was thinking about this the other day and I'm not sure it's wisdom, but I was thinking, you know, taking a long-term perspective and thinking one day this will be not necessarily over, um, because I think, you know, we now have to live with what COVID is in our lives. Um, but one day we'll be through this and it won't be like this anymore. And there'll be a new normal to go back to and, or not, a new, not, not to go back to, but there'll be a new normal. Our lives will move forward, uh, you know, before COVID, after COVID. And you know, the question that I keep asking myself is that when I look back on who I was, what I did, how I acted, uh, what I did uh, in response to COVID for my family and for others, uh, what story would I like to see? What story would I want to be able to tell? And really what it comes down to is, is, you know, what are my intentions that I can have uh, in terms of getting through this? Uh, my intentions to be a parent, my intentions to help other people, my intentions to be responsible, um, you know, to my community um, and to help those that are less fortunate or uh, vulnerable in certain ways. Uh, You know, what is my responsibility? How do I intend to show up? And when this is all in a different place, how will I look back at who I was and how I showed up uh, in this time of great need? And I think that's a story that we have to, or it's, it's a question we have to ask ourselves, you know, what are my intentions for getting through this? How do, what do I want to see when I look back uh, at this point in time, this very significant uh, moment in history uh, that our children will certainly remember uh, for the rest of their lives? Um, what is it that we want? What is it that we can control and to, and to form those intentions? Mm, yeah, absolutely. I love it. Mm-hmm. And I think staying open to, uh, I find every day, either on social media or people calling you or texting you, and there's a lot of things that are coming around with different needs from different people. And I try each time I can help, or yes, I have this, or yes, I can do that. Uh, mm-hmm. I like to jump on this. And if, if everybody's doing a little bit of those type of thing, I think uh, it's going to be uh, beautiful stories to say later. I, beautiful in brackets, you know what I mean? Because I'm not unsensitive to uh, people that are really sick right now, and I'm wishing them to uh, to heal and to come back healthy. But uh, this is a difficult time, yeah. Sending a lot it, of love to everybody. Yeah, and I, that's absolutely it. I think Adrian Dick said it well. He said, "You know, we've never understood how much we need each other till now, and that's that's what this whole crisis has brought to life is that." We are creatures of attachment and we need each other. And so togetherness is the answer. And I think that will be the, hopefully the beautiful story that is told at the end of the day was that it was togetherness that, uh, 
that saved us. It is our ultimate survival instinct is to band together. And if everybody could do their part in whatever little or small way that it may seem to you uh, together, it, it amplifies where, you know, what did Aristotle said? He said, the, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Because when the parts are added up together, they create a dynamic uh, that is much greater uh, than just simply adding up the small things that everybody does. It, it amplifies it and makes it uh, exponential. So that's that's what's required. And I, and I see that around me. Uh, and I think, you know, forming our intentions to be part of that is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you, yes. Deborah. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, that concludes today's episode. Again, I want to thank you, uh, Deborah and Heather, for taking the time to be here and helping us be the best we parents we can be in uh, this very interesting, evolving time. Don't forget, if you want to hear a little bit more about Heather and I, we are releasing some mini episodes called Real Mom Moments, where we talk about what's happening in our daily lives. If you have a question or you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the contact us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or you can join us on social.mom. You can always subscribe directly to this podcast on our website at parenttalk.ca. If you enjoyed today's episode, we're inviting you to share it on your social media. As we all know, parenting can be hard, especially right now. It's definitely interesting. So remember, it's important to laugh, keep learning, cherish your village and be true to yourself. Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. Thank you for listening and have a great week and stay safe. Bye. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner. Thank you.